Are you ready to explore life's possibilities? Go from ordinary to extraordinary. Then it's time to live limitless. To live limitless. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Well, hello there, everyone. This is the Live Limitless podcast, episode number 18. And joining us on the show today is Jennifer Underwood, who I met on Facebook through the World Domination Summit, which is just an incredibly inspiring um, summit held every year in Portland, Oregon. I highly recommend it. You can just Google it. It's held by Chris Gullibu. And yeah, it's just an amazing time. So I met her on Facebook through this group. And uh, what she's done is just really uh, amazing. So basically, she used to work in the nonprofit world. She left, started her own business, selling things on Amazon. Uh, I think she has a number of businesses on there, but uh, essentially one of the ones is buying and reselling stuff, which is uh, really cool. I actually haven't met anyone doing that yet. But on this podcast, we are not talking so much about that. We're more talking about a recent project she started where she actually took a huge leap, sold everything she has, and hit the road in a camper van with her eight-year-old daughter. And they have created what's called the Just Say Hello Tour, which you can uh, go visit at justsayhellotour.com. And this is an advocacy project to record and share the stories of those who are homeless in hopes of inspiring people to challenge their misconceptions and judgments of homelessness and to just say hello to those on the streets in their communities. And it's just a really inspiring episode. Uh, we talk a lot about that. We talk a little bit about the business, a little bit where she came from, why she's doing it. And uh, yeah, it's just a really inspiring uh, podcast for someone trying to make the world a better place. Now, I just want to also say before we get into the show that for some reason this recording had some kind of annoying sounds coming out of my microphone every now and then, kind of like a, a crackling noise. I don't know where it came from. I did my best to edit out as much of that as possible. So I hope um, I hope it's not too much of a, a problem when, when you're listening to it. I thought about redoing the episode, but sometimes it's just not the same doing it uh, the second time. So I wanted to, to publish this one anyways. I think I got rid of at least 80 or 90% of it. Some was hard because it was like mid-speech. So anyways, I hope it doesn't bother you too much. Uh, if you want to head over to the uh, livelimitless.net, that's where you'll find the show notes and all the links attached to this episode. And as always, I just say, if you like the episode, please leave me a review on iTunes. It would really mean the world to me because that's how more people can find it. But other than that, let's get into the show. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking. And uh, yeah, it's really it's really cool how I, I found you thanks to the World Domination Summit um, Facebook page. Yeah, that is that has been an amazing place to get connections for sure. I meet some pretty amazing people. Was this your first World Domination Summit this year? No, it was not. This was my third World Domination. Okay. And so I probably like uh, walked by you a couple times. I'm sure we've probably high fived at some point. Probably, just yeah. don't know it. <laughs> yeah, I was at the I was at the first one when it was just like 500 people, and then I was at the third one when it was 3,000 people. And I can't remember. Is this the fourth one or fifth one? This I, I believe now. was the sixth one. Sixth already? Okay. Yeah, I, I think so, but I'm not totally sure. It might be the fifth. Um, so, yeah, it was my third in a row I've gone the last three years. It was the um, only break that we took this summer was to fly home for that. Right. So, And how did you hear about it, just out of curiosity? Um, I actually picked up Chris's book on um, a weekend retreat. I was at this women's retreat. Um, it was a silent meditation retreat, and I was exhausted, and I hated my job, and I was just super depressed and I picked up uh, Chris Gilbo's book The Art of Nonconformity and read it throughout the weekend and I went home and I quit my job the next day mm-hmm. um, so that kind of launched me into following him and seeing you know what uh, what else he was doing and I found world domination through that well it's definitely a group of inspiring people I knew when I posted that I was looking for people to interview, that there'd be a lot of uh, interesting stories that popped up. Yeah, absolutely. 
And one of those stories with you was, um, well, maybe I'll first I'll start with uh, just if you'd like to give us a a, a background since uh, maybe since that moment when you or what you were doing as a career and then what led you maybe to that retreat and everything that's uh, that's going on now. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was a social worker and. I worked with uh, severely mentally ill and chronically addicted homeless adults, um, which was a very tough population to work with. And I loved my uh, job in a lot of ways, but it was incredibly stressful. And um, like most jobs like it, the, um, the in-between, you know, the really high caseload and the bureaucracy, um, I got burned out within a couple of years. So I left and I spent a, about a year driving for Lyft and Uber um, just to pay the bills while I kind of figured things out. And then I started my own Amazon company. So I run a company on um, selling things through Amazon's Fulfilled by Amazon FBA program. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sell mainly clothes and shoes and um, that enables me to be semi-remote. Um, I have to do a certain amount of work in getting the product shipped to Amazon, but I can do that in spurts and then be able to travel in between and have been doing that now for about two years, I believe. Um, been full-time with that for the last year and a half. And uh, so that led me up to trying to figure out where I wanted to go next um, and um, kind of wanting to get back to some of my social root or social work roots um, and coming up with the idea of this just say hello tour um, to um, drive around the country and volunteer in homeless camps and shelters um, and do some good in the world for a couple months. So that's what I'm doing now. Oh, yeah, it's a, a lot of things we can go over. It is. <laughs> Especially, um, like, it's a pretty big transition, right, to go from being a, a social worker, which I assume is a very uh, very mentally exhausting as well, and then to go into entrepreneurship. Uh, especially I find, like, just being myself involved online, like, it's a very lonely world in a way. I don't know if it's yeah. for you, but I feel, like, I feel like that with online business. Even though you meet a lot of people online, it's not face-to-face. And uh, how did, like, basically, how how did that start? Like, how did you, like, why did you choose Amazon? And how did you transition out of, like, a corporate type of world into entrepreneurship? Um, I think that, so, the when I left my job... Um, I was just, I just started driving for Lyft and Uber to make, and that actually is what started my transition into entrepreneurship. Um, simply because for the first time I had the ability to a certain extent to kind of control how much I was making. If I needed to make more, I could work more hours that week. If I didn't have, you know, if I, if everything was paid, I could take time off. Um, and I could just log on and off and, and I could work any hours that worked for me, and I didn't have to ask anyone's permission. Um, and and it's it was the first time I'm a single mom, and it was the first time I was able to be like, yeah, sure, I can go on your field trip. Because um, I didn't have to ask for that day off. Yeah. I could make up those hours another time. I could give up a Friday night with my friends, and I could go work, you know, make that money back. Um, and so that started the shift for me. And then a friend of mine had started selling things on Amazon and she was like, Hey, I think you'd really like this. And, um, I think I barely kind of looked at it and went, yeah, sounds great. And I just jumped in with both feet and, um, within six months I was able to go full time. I mean, it was just a really great transition. It would, um, it was really easy for me. It came very naturally. And, um, and so from that point on, it was like, okay, Hey, look, now I'm running my own company. I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> but, um, I just kind of figured it out along the way. Um, and, and because I had, you know, like I was networking, I'm really good at networking and I was kind of networking with other sellers online and then, um, have built an amazing community in person. 
it never really felt lonely to me um, the way that I know that it does to a lot of people. Um, I've always been able to keep a really strong connection going, even with a lot of my friends that aren't necessarily doing the same thing. Um, you know, they're all working towards something and we're all able to kind of connect on that level. Well, there's definitely a lot of <clears throat> people like transitioning online and a lot of inspiring people. So in that way, definitely it's uh, not that lonely if you reach out. But, uh, yeah. but to go from, yeah, like to, to be full time within six months is a pretty huge accomplishment, right? Yeah, it was, um, it was kind of whirlwind. Um, it, I mean, I took $2,000 and just kept flipping it and flipping it and flipping it, um, until I was able to actually not just pay myself, but pay myself better than I've ever gotten paid from anything ever before. Um, so, um, and then I've been able to sustain that for the last, uh, year and a half, um, which has been an amazing gift. It's definitely changed my life. And is that, is that mostly through like reselling products or do you do like the, the, the white labeling where you have your own brand and that kind of stuff? I do both, but the okay. majority of my business is actually what they call retail arbitrage, mm-hmm. which is going out into stores and buying items and then reselling them on Amazon for more money. So Um, Like, for example, I just walked out of a TJ Maxx where I bought about $800 worth of um, clothes, and I'll sell that on Amazon for about $2,500. Wow. Um, Yeah, so, and so, and then it's just, you know, and they take a fair amount of profit uh, of the the profit, and then you, um, you get to pocket the rest. Nice. And then how do you, how did you learn about like the reselling? Like, is it mostly through research to find out like what things sell for? And do you, do you typically stick to one, one field just so you specialize in it or? It helps to get an idea of what it is. Like it does help to stick to a field because then you have, you know, kind of what it is you're looking for going in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've moved quite a bit like throughout those two years uh, like originally I was doing a lot of kitchen and, um, toys. And then now I'm doing almost no kitchen and toys. I think my biggest, uh, movers are beauty shoes and clothes. Mm. Um, and there's, uh, an app, there's a couple different apps that you can download and you can, so you scan a barcode and you can see, you know, what it's selling for on Amazon and, if anyone else is selling it and how many people are selling it and what the oh. rank is, which tells you how often it sells. And, um, so there's, and there's a lot of, I call it educated gambling because there's a lot of things that go into a decision, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to whether or not to buy it. And if you buy it and it doesn't sell, you end up with inventory, you know, like you right, own it. Right. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's like an extreme form of educated gambling essentially. And do you remember what any of those the apps are called? Uh, so Amazon Seller app okay, is so their own. like yeah, is the one that they have uh, that requires a pro seller account, which is forty dollars a month. So gotcha. and that, but then the app is free, so that's like probably the best one to start with. Um, there's a couple others that are tied to inventory and management programs um, for when people are kind of up more in selling. Um, selling at a higher volume but that's the first, that's the easiest one to start with yeah it's it's so interesting like i never i always think that i've heard like all the stories on on, on making money online and then there's always <laughs> something new that comes up because you would never think yeah. that, like uh you would like you would never think that that kind of a, a store like especially a physical store would be able to sell something lower than amazon mm-hmm Amazon has done an amazing job um, teaching all um, everyone that uses it uh, that Amazon's the cheapest place to go, and it is a lot of the times, um, but a lot of times it's not. Um, and so there is kind of these holes and areas where you can buy products and then fill it in, uh, fill in Amazon stock, and end up charging a fair amount more and make. 
um, make a really good income doing it. It's a, it's an interesting way to make money because, you know, for the most part, you know, I, I would say I make a six figure income, $10 at a time. Um, you know, cause that's about my average profit per sale is like 10 to $15. Oh, yeah. Um, you just buy a lot and you sell a lot of things. <laughs> so I was wondering like the, I, I like the fact that they now ship things for you because, um, I'm not sure how it works cause I'm up in Canada. So I'm not, I'm not sure if it's the same, but I, I just know like we tried, um, a jewelry business once and we knew some people in Thailand that make these really nice gemstone rings. So we brought them back home to first to see them and we were selling them here in person. But of course there's only like so far you can go. So we thought we'd sell them online, but the shipping in Canada is so expensive. Yeah. It's like uh, if you're selling a $15 ring and the shipping's also $15, it's really hard to, for anyone to buy that. And that was just to ship like within Canada. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely smarter it, to go through Amazon probably <laughs> if they do it just because they have their own, you know, negotiated rates. Mm-hmm. It's really um, like so to ship everything into Amazon, I think on average cost me like 50 cents a pound, um, which is crazy. Uh, and then and then they ship things out and there are some fees involved in that, like in average they take about a third of what, whatever the cost, like the sale cost is in fees. So if I like, we call it the five, five, five rule. Like if I buy something for $5 and sell it for 15, then Amazon will take five. I get $5 in profit, then pay myself back the $5 it costs for the item. Um, so pretty much you need to sell it for, for triple. Pretty much in order to make a hundred percent ROI, you do. Yeah. 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 So, but it's still, there's most of the things, um, most of the things that I buy, there's no way that I'd be able to ship them from my house and still make money because it it would cost so much more. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd have all that inventory and a lot more work. (laughs) Yes. And a lot more work. Um, I think back to the days of people making money, you know, like, and people still do it too on eBay, um, where it's like, you know, you're shipping out a hundred packages a day. Um, that's a lot of work. (laughs) So Amazon does all that work for me. I'm happy to pay them to do it. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty awesome though. Um, and then what, and then in terms of the, what inspired you to go on this, on this new journey with the just say hello tour or or, or maybe Um, give us a, a background first on the tour and then we'll dive into it yeah absolutely so the jesse low tour is um a social justice project that i'm currently doing with my daughter who was eight um we bought an rv we actually sold pretty much everything that we own um and we moved into this little camper van and we're driving around the country um right now and we are um volunteering in homeless camps and shelters and doing street outreach and essentially just collecting stories from people who are homeless or who were homeless or who are working with the homeless and sharing them on social media. And the idea is to try to break down the stigma of homelessness. Um, There's a lot of barriers in place when someone becomes homeless to in like that they have to cross in order to try and gain stability again. Um, but one of the biggest barriers is the fact that it is, um, just incredibly, um, sociologically damaged and, and psychologically damaging to, um, to not be treated like you're part of any community or like you're part of society or even like you're a human most of the time. Um, people walk by and they ignore you like you don't even exist. And so we are pushing people to just say hello, um, to challenge some of their judgments and their uh, misconceptions about homelessness by hearing people's stories um, and hopefully starting to see the humanity and the people there in front of them um, and starting to at least reach out, um, you know, with 
eye contact and saying hello. Um, so I think that that is where we start dealing with this issue. Awesome. And then to be able to do that with your, with your daughter as well, right? It's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's been a challenge in and of itself for sure. Um, uh, she was not actually super excited about, uh, (laughs) selling everything she owned, moving into a camper van, driving around the United States, talking to homeless people. Um, (laughs) that was a little outside of her comfort zone. Um, so she has, she's gotten a lot better about it as we go along, but, uh, um, but it's been, it's been an interesting journey, kind of completely shaking up the status quo with her. Um, and we're going to homeschool this year as well. So that'll be different. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been looking in a lot to homeschooling lately just because, uh, well, like we're considering having kids eventually. And I think, uh, from what I've seen online and from people that, uh, traditional schooling is kind of fading. Yeah. No way. Yeah, well, and I think for me, homeschool has been on the list for a while because I love to travel so much, Mm -hmm. um, and I have the ability to at least be, I could probably be at least 50% location independent, Um, and and she can't be because she's in school, (laughs) and and that's a problem. So, um, you know, I I really didn't want to try to schedule my life around school vacations. I'd really like for her to be able to um, do school from wherever that we're at in the world. Yeah. And the vacations, you only get the, the summer really, right? Which yeah. Which is usually the busiest time to go anywhere. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, just going back to the, just say hello to, I was reading some of the stories on uh, the website, the, the Facebook page and of the, I can't remember where it was, but the guy who he's not homeless, but he just, he became homeless for a weekend just to see what it was like. Oh Yeah. Ethan. Um, so I met Ethan at world domination. Um, and he is, I mean, technically, uh, technically he is homeless right now, but (laughs) not, but not really. He's, he's living in his car. Um, but more like homeless by choice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he's, he's living in his car, but he's driving, he's doing a great project where he's, living in, um, a different city every month for 12 months. Um, but he spent a weekend, um, going like completely homeless in new Orleans. Um, he actually left everything and went out for 48 hours with nothing but the clothes on his back and a pocket knife and, um, slept in the park for two nights and, um, danced and begged for money in order to get food um, and had a really, really interesting perspective on, on what that was like, even for such a short period of time, um, even when it was by choice and he knew it was going to end, um, how, how much it, it really like frightened him in a lot of ways and really shook him up and, um, made him incredibly grateful for everything that he has. Well, I can definitely see how, like, I mean, um, even up here in Canada, like, I've noticed people who move here maybe and think, like, how can people be homeless here? Just because, you know, especially, um, I know a lot of people who've immigrated here from much poorer countries, so for them it seems so weird to have homeless people Mm -hmm. in Canada, but at the same time, I almost think it's easier to become homeless here because if you don't make a certain kind of, of money, it'd be impossible to afford, like, rent. And there's been times even in my life where, even with a university education and, and everything, where there's, I, there's probably times where I, I could, could have almost been homeless if I didn't have, like, family around. Because as soon as you can't afford a place to stay, it gets, gets very expensive, like, very quickly. So I could see how if you lost a job, like, uh, I don't know how it is in the U.S. right now, but right now we have an unemployment rate of, like, 11% almost. And I yeah. think it's very high. And... I can imagine, like, there's only so long their savings would get them going. And then at what point, like, what yeah. happens after that? And then it's pretty hard to climb back out. And then, of course, you have the, the people with addictions and things like that, which is even worse. Yeah, I mean, what we find a lot of the times is um, 
I think that if people don't have family and they don't have an incredibly strong social circle, which a lot of people don't, um, and then also um, a lot of people don't, I mean, they don't have any savings because they're mm-hmm. already living paycheck to paycheck. You know, they're already probably not really making enough to actually make everything work as it is. Um, and one small little stumble becomes another little stumble becomes another. And next thing you know, um, you end up so far behind that you can't get out. Um, you end up, you know, losing your place and, and, and on the streets. And then it does become incredibly difficult to pull yourself out of it. So, um, it's, it's tough. And, and of course there are, you know, a fair amount of people who are homeless because they, um, you know, they're suffering from addictions or they're suffering from mental illness. There's a lot of people homeless in the United States because they've had, um, medical issues that have taken all of their money. You know, people have gotten cancer and then ended up homeless because of it. Wow. And never been able to um, to pull themselves out of it. So that's that's another thing that happens here a lot, not not so much in Canada. True, yeah. that's really sad though, right? Because I think a lot of people have the mis- misconception that they're just lazy and don't want to work. Yeah, and that's really what we're trying to fight against. Um, you know, once you once you become homeless, it's, it's incredibly difficult to get a job because. Um, you know, as soon as someone finds out they're ho- that you're homeless, they don't want to employ you because they think that you are unreliable or they worry about your, you know, moral character. Um, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of fears that like, oh, if you're homeless, then you must be a thief or a drug addict or, you know, all of these kind of things that got automatically assigned to you. And then there's the very real issue of... Um, the cost and the, um, the issue with transportation and, um, you know, needing to get showers and right. needing to be in and out of shelters at very specific times or, um, you know, like all of these things that just become very, very, very hard to manage, not having a phone for people to call you back on, not having an address to put down on a job application. Um, it's very, very difficult. And there's so many barriers in place, um, that keep people from being able to, to climb back out. Um, and a very unfortunate side effect is that we, um, as a society tend to just really, um, make it worse by stigmatizing people. So, and that's the, the goal of the, the just say hello trip, right? Is to change that stigma. Yep. Absolutely. I really honestly think that if, if homelessness was just something that we, that like people suffered from, um, and it wasn't considered to be, uh, something that you suffered from because you are, you know, lazy or, you know, just morally bankrupt or you must be, uh, you know, a drug addict, which again, that's another thing that's seen not as an illness, but as, um, like a character deficiency. Um, and if we could really start to cut down on some of that stigma, um, I think that not only would it make, make it much easier and much less damaging to be homeless, but, um, but it would get people to kind of get past their judgments and their stories of what they assume, um, is happening in front of them and, and see the people that actually are there and want to help. Yeah, I mean that'd be it's a very inspiring project. Like what's what's your what's kind of the plans when you when you get back to Seattle? Oh, that has been um <sighs> that has been the question. <laughs> um I don't know to tell you the truth. Um we I kind of threw this together relatively last minute. Um I think I planned this for maybe six months before we actually left, um, which is pretty short. And so we've kind of been just winging things out here on the road. Um, the project's going really well. I'm really happy with it right now. And, um, and so when it ends, when we get back to Seattle, we're halfway through, uh, we're in Florida right now and we'll be 
spending another two months heading back towards Seattle. So when it ends, I just, I'd like to kind of just see what else opens up. Um, but I'd really love to do a book. One of the things that I've been talking about is writing a children's book with co-authoring it with my daughter, um, about saying hello, um, and about, you know, talking to children about homelessness. I would love to do, um, a speaking tour. I'd love to talk to schools. Um, and, um, and so, so yeah, I, it's all really open right now. I'm just kind of waiting to see what possibilities open up. Awesome. Well, that, that's a big part of what uh, what Live Limitless is about is like exploring life's possibilities. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it would be so easy for me to say like, oh, like this is exactly what we're gonna do. But I feel like one of the best things that I've done so far is just to just be really open um, and not know the answer. Sometimes that's the best thing that you can do. And I think that that's like one of the key features of, 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 of developing a more freedom in life is being able to have more opportunities like that, more possibilities without like having to worry about, you know, a firm schedule. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, there's no, I mean, there's certainly no way that I could, um, there's no way I could do something like this or no way I could be so open if I didn't have, uh, my business that was already paying the bills. And so, uh, like getting that freedom first really was super important to being able to chase these dreams. Yeah, no kidding. And then in terms of the the children's book, uh, I'm also in the middle of writing one. So if you ever want to bounce some ideas of each other i've been doing a lot of uh research kind of or emailing other authors who've been successful in that kind of a genre just to get some ideas on on where to go that's awesome i would love that and there's another town i I just thought of just actually in my province called medicine hat and i can't remember exactly like what they did but supposedly they've gotten rid of homelessness in that town Um, i I know the name of the town, and I wonder if that's because I read an article about that. Maybe, yeah. Um, like it had something to do with housing, for sure. But I didn't, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember it offhand, but it got some some publicity, of course, around here. So we'll have to look that up and share it with you. You probably have seen it. but Yeah, absolutely. I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it if you sent it to me. So out of curiosity now, like, I mean, obviously you... It's like such big shifts, right? Going into having a business on Amazon and then doing um, selling everything and doing a road trip <laughs> with your daughter around the U.S. Who who would you say are or were some of your your, uh, your role models that helped and inspired uh, this? Um, I am. There's, a, I mean, there's definitely a couple people, um, but uh, I'm super obsessed with Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, and, uh, big magic really was the catalyst for this trip for me. Um, her book, big magic about creative living, um, through fear is, um, one of the best tools that I've ever found, um, to jumpstart creativity and find a passion project, um, that could be small or could be gigantic. Like mine happened to be, um, and, um, did you say and I, big magic? Yeah. Big okay. magic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's a, a huge one. Um, and Brene Brown is another, um, big influence of mine, uh, who, um, is a shame researcher and, um, talks a lot about the power of vulnerability Um, I don't think that without, you know, doing a lot of the personal work that I've done, I would be nearly as successful in my business or in my life. Um, Over the last couple of years, I've been doing an awful lot of um, personal growth work um, that has involved, you know, getting really authentic and comfortable with being vulnerable, um, which this process certainly 
is possibly the most vulnerable thing that I've ever done. Um, Kind of, you know, selling everything I own and going, I don't know what's going to happen next and um, going out and doing this project and not knowing how people are going to take it and not knowing if people are going to respond to my writing and my photography. And there were so many different elements to it. Um, so those are two, uh, two big ones for sure. Um, probably my two biggest influences. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw, I think Brene Brown did a podcast with Tim Ferriss. I yeah, that. probably. <laughs> Yeah, she's done, um, her TED Talk is amazing, and all of her books, and um, I eat up everything that she sends out into the world. Okay. And then, uh, so I guess the Big Magic is a book, right? Yes. Okay. Yep, so by what, Elizabeth Gilbert. What would you say are some of your other favorite books or, or blogs or anything like that? Hmm, um... I, I think, so I respond a lot to just people who are kind of really authentically and courageously living. Um, so, um, another one would be Glennon Doyle Melton, um, who runs a blog called Monastery. Um, and I respond, uh, to her blog quite a bit and learn a lot about, kind of showing up and doing big things even when you're scared um and then you know there are definitely a couple of other people uh chris gilbo is one that i'm always watching and reading all of his books and he's the one who started me on this journey and i would be absolutely nowhere um with, without um uh, without first picking up that book and finding world domination um so that's definitely another one. Um, trying to think books wise, there are so many, yeah, <laughs> um, like so, so many, um, the four hour work week, um, I, I, I liked a lot. Um, the, uh, I, um, I didn't respond to it, um, like quite the same way everyone else did. Right. Um, I don't think I ever want to get down to four hours of work a week, but <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> no kidding. It's interesting though. Like, you know, he was like one of my big inspirations, like way back when he first wrote it, I think in like 2008 or something like that. Um, but it, it's just amazing to see now when you, when I, when I interview people or when I talk to people online, like how many people I think are online because of Tim Ferriss. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, like, he is a huge inspiration for a lot of people. And for me, it was like, oh, I've been doing this for a while. I should probably read that book that so many people like, yeah. read and started, you know, that made them start. Um, Brandon Stanton of uh, Humans of New York is another oh, one yeah. for me. Um, I, I I model, to an extent, what I'm doing um it's different, uh, but you know, I, I kind of refer to it when I'm telling people, and they have no idea. It's it, to some extent like the national homeless version of Humans in New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, and I, he's he's amazing, and um, and I really appreciate his work and what he puts out in the world. Yeah, well, it's it's really awesome to get like a kind of an intimate story from someone just just randomly that you never would know anything about. Like I, mm-hmm. I really like the story you did also on your blog of the, or actually I think it was on Facebook of the, the guy who he only let you photograph his feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was an yeah. interesting story. He came from, I mean, he, he seemed like he had a lot of money at one point and that's why I guess he didn't want his picture taken. Right. Yeah. His, um, his nickname is group and, uh, when I first asked him if, if I could take his picture, he was like, mm, no. Okay, well, you know, I maybe take a picture of something that isn't, that people won't know you by, right? Like, yeah. so your feet. Um, and, um, I mean, he was, he was a guy who had, uh, had, you know, a wife and kids and a six figure job and has a master's degree and kind of let it all slip away through his drinking. Mm. Um, and is now out on the streets. Sweet guy. 
um, I loved spending time with him and hearing about his story. Um, and I think that's another one of those things where it's like, you know, really, really, really awesome human being, uh, regardless of the fact that he struggles with these issues. Like yeah. they, they, it's, they're not mutually ex- exclusive. Um, you can struggle with those issues and still just be a great person. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Actually, it's funny. One of the, um, just from traveling a lot and writing about travel, I find, at least with people who don't travel very much or who've only been to, say, a resort and things like that, they typically think that when I go to a place like Myanmar or or Colombia you know, one of the, the weaker states, I guess you could say, and they that's where they think you would something would like bad would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, more crime, and at least at least with me and all our travels across all the continents, I, like I've never I've never actually had a bad situation. And even from other travelers, sometimes that have been to like Chris, even to almost like every country in the world, sometimes the one place where they'll get robbed is maybe the U.S. or Canada right. or something like that. Like a, <laughs> And it's just kind of funny people associate poverty with more crime, but it's not really the, uh, the case all the time. Yeah, it's definitely not the case all the time. I definitely had um, a bunch of people when I said I was going to do this be, start to worry about my safety. And um, there's been some news coverage, and you'll see comments on there that's like, I can't believe she's putting her life and her daughter's life at risk for this. And I'm going whose life is at risk (laughs) like like talking to homeless people isn't actually like life-threatening like i don't i don't know where you're getting this idea from um but you know people do they freak out about it um and it's it's not it's not scary it's not um it's never never been a situation where anyone's at risk um and in fact most of the time it's completely the opposite it's um the people that we're talking to are, you know, really in tune with the fact that my daughter is there and they'll accidentally swear and then apologize or, um, you know, like, uh, code, try to like tell me their story in ways that are like, uh, kind of coded so that, you know, they're not, uh, so that she's not hearing anything okay. bad or, um, or they'll give her gifts. That happens a lot. Mm. Um, is, uh, you're trying, you know, you're giving someone socks and they have absolutely nothing and they're rummaging around their bag and looking for, uh, she's gotten a hacky sack, um, a friendship bracelet. <laughs> There's been a, you know, a, or like, like here, let me give you this, like these cookies that I had. And it's like, no, we're giving you food. <laughs> you know, it's totally like, fine, please, just please don't feel like you need to give us anything. Um, but that happens a lot too. And, I think there's this misconception um, that I don't know that there's this intense danger involved in saying hello, yeah. um, and it's not the case at all. Um, most of the time, I have the most beautiful interactions. Well, it even reminds me of uh, there was a sto- well, uh, an adventure I had in Myanmar that really inspired me. Um, these weren't ho- like I mean homeless kids, or maybe they were, but they um, I was just riding my bike one day and it was nighttime so you feel a little more like vulnerable and it was in a very small town so there wasn't there was like one street light by the river and I saw some people playing guitar there so I thought oh I'll go like say hello I don't know if they speak English but I'll try anyway so I went over there and I just like sat down with them and then after a while I think they, they noticed that they started trying to talk to me and they were like they were super amazed that I sat down to to talk with them I don't think mm-hmm. it had ever happened before and then and then you know they were just asking me if I was having fun if I liked the country and then they went and left and they went and got two beers and they brought them back and they shared one between like seven of them and they gave me my own right <laughs> and I, I, I tried to pay for it because I mean like Myanmar at least from what I've read is like a dollar a day is the average salary and yeah. a beer is at least for me there, it was like $2. So it's not like something that's uh, as cheap for someone to buy as it would here. So I was pretty amazed at like, you know, a foreigner that traveled all the way there and they were still willing to take probably a huge sum of money for them to 
to buy me my own beer and and they would not accept any money from me either yeah yeah um one of the it's it's really interesting one of the overarching themes that have come out of the trip so far is that people who have nothing will be the first people to give you anything um the generosity in is absolutely mind-blowing um that we have come across from people giving us gifts to people saying you know no i don't i don't need that but um if you you know hand it over to someone over there or um you know if they do take something and they don't need it they'll find somebody somebody else to give it to um we've seen that um kind of again and again and again um that you know people who have nothing will sacrifice they'll give you the last thing that they have um and then know that that some you know somehow it'll come back to them um and people who have everything that they need tend to be the most worried about giving anything at all <laughs> so i mean it's very it's counterintuitive um yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely one more question before we, we wrap things up and just you know for anyone you know for the people who are listening that really want to either shake things up or maybe they want to try starting a, a business like like on amazon or something else or just do a really cool project you know a creative project what kind of um, advice would you have for them oh um <laughs> like you're gonna be scared and do it anyway I think is probably the biggest one. Don't wait until you know how to do it. Don't get caught in the trap of um, learning and learning and, you know, never actually doing anything. Um, just go do it. And and if you fail, then do it again. <laughs> like, um, it's really, you know, for most of the time, I think our fear gets in the way, but... Um, the experiences, even if it's a failure, can oftentimes be amazing. Um, that's probably the biggest, the biggest one. And then the other, the next one for me at least would have been, there's no way that I ever could have gotten through this by myself. I surrounded myself by people who, I think one of the big things that happened when I told everyone that I was going to sell everything I own and move into a camper van and drive around the United States talking to homeless people, um, I, I can't think of anyone who was like, you can't do that. Like, no, I really can't think of anyone in my life, maybe a couple of family members who thought it was crazy, right? But um, not a single one of my friends thought it was crazy. They all went, they sat around, and they went, hmm, okay, what's the over-under on Good Morning America? Like, like, you know, they were just like, you're going to rock this. Like, absolutely. And, um, and, and having people around you who will just like believe in what you do, no matter how crazy it sounds is one of the most powerful things. So cultivate that, find your people, go to world domination. <laughs> For sure. When you have people around you that do similar things, it's easier, right? Yeah, or yeah, people absolutely. Like who dream big and are open-minded and, and that kind of stuff. I don't think, did, did I ask you if, like, did you start the Amazon business while you were working or after? Uh, it was after. Okay, so you kind of, like, quit a cold turkey mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I definitely, I had to keep working, like, driving for Lyft and Uber in right. order to make okay. money. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I quit. I quit my job, like, immediately upon reading um the art of nonconformity i was just like nope done <laughs> i'm officially going off the rails of society <laughs> now <laughs> and you said you were a recipient at world domination summit um no uh oh, i wasn't actually okay um no i uh i D uh, didn't do any of their uh, scholarship things or anything. Okay. Um, the tour is actually, I'm self-financing the tour. Okay. So um, we have a GoFundMe um, that is um, allows people to donate to the tour. And, and right now, 100% of those donations are just covering 
um, the cost of giving out items to people who are homeless that we meet, um, you know, socks and waters and foods and stuff like that. When we go and do street outreach in most cities, we give out an average of a hundred to $200, um, for every day that we walk the streets and talk to people in, um, in goods, not in money, but in, you know, just in much needed toiletries and things like that and food and, um, and so the GoFundMe is really just paying for that, and then the the tour is self financed. Cool. Well, it's very inspiring. I definitely hope you get. Um, have you been approached by any, any media? Yeah. Uh, some. Uh, so King Five Seattle did um, a really beautiful piece when we left. Um, they followed us uh, over the course of three months, um, and um, to the leading up of uh, us leaving, and then um, all the way across the state of Washington to our first stop in Spokane. Um, and so we have that video linked on our Facebook page. Um, and then we've gotten some, I think a, we have an NPR story coming out next week um, in Seattle and um, a couple of different uh, interviews. And um, hopefully we'll get some local media on the second half of the tour. Um, so right now we're trying to trying to figure out how to, kind of bump that up and get the tour kind of a little bit more just and get it in front of more people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely something that uh, would benefit so much from some major media and something that everyone should, should, um, should hear. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, that's it for the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, please head over to livelimitless.net if you'd like to find any of of, of the links that were mentioned in this show. And other than that, um, one last plea for reviews or subscriptions to the iTunes podcast. Um, that's what basically makes me show up in results and gets more listeners. So if you like the show, I definitely appreciate it. And if you do have any questions or you just want to say hello, also feel free to drop me a line. It's Matt, M-A-T-T, at livelimitless.net. Other than that, we'll see you in the next episode.